Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Form of Fitness podcast. I'm joined by Duncan today, and uh, today is our first episode recording without headphones on, so we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> but uh, we are uh, going to be talking about synthetic and processed foods versus kind of like natural and organic foods and what both of those play in the role uh, just in the, the health space and the food space right now, what corporations are behind which, and et cetera. So. Yeah, so... There's a couple different ways that we can talk about food and a couple different ways that organizations like to talk about food. So if you ever want to know like what organic means, you just have to look up like USDA organic certification. And then if you look at the whole ass, you know, 50 pages of legal documentation, you can read exactly what and what is not considered organic and what practices have to happen. Um, and so if you look through some of it, you'll notice that organic does not mean non-synthetic. Um, yeah. There's a clause that's pretty much at the top of the website that basically says you cannot use synthetic um, materials unless otherwise explicitly stated. And so that kind of allows companies to use certain things, certain pesticides, certain paints, certain yeah. um, like uh, barrier materials to keep their animals in and that type of stuff. And so... Organic does not mean natural. Organic means mostly natural. Yeah. Um, and usually with the focus of none of the synthetic stuff being used in the farming, mm -hmm. actually disturbing the animals or the crops or whatever else that you're trying to produce. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely like I think the one big thing that comes to mind when people hear organic is just it's going to cost more. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more expensive. Um, and in some cases, like I'd say the organic option is the way to go. In some cases, I mean – I'd say that the difference that it makes between the organic and the normal is, you know, yeah. like at best. And especially I see this a lot of times in the case of uh, like snacks, mm -hmm. like organic, like chips or something like that. I'm like, I'm like, it's made with still organic processed. potatoes. I'm like, it's still like fried in corn seed oil. And, you know, it's, it's still, <clears throat> it's still not good for you. Yeah. Like, just because it says organic doesn't mean it's good for you. And I think that a lot of times that's how people get into it. And then you get deep into the mindset and then you start eating like, what, like, uh, like seaweed chips and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean, like, yeah, they're, they're nice, but like, they're so, expensive. are they, they're so expensive. I mean, like it does the chips <laughs> job, which is to get the ranch into my mouth. Yeah. So, like it's, just, and, and, yeah. and that defeats the purpose of like eating organic. And yeah. I guess, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, I don't know. I when I eat like organic substitutes for normal food, I just end up back at where I was place one. Yeah. Because I didn't eliminate the actual food that was not good for me in the first place. I put in some substitute that is not in, you know, just it's not normal. Yeah. And even like organic whole foods, sometimes mm -hmm. uh, there's whole foods that aren't labeled organic that yeah. basically qualify as such or almost overqualify in certain areas and yeah. oftentimes you find these at like farmers markets because yeah. we've talked about how it's expensive uh, to stay mm -hmm. organic like you have to have a certain type of paint for your fence if you aren't using that specific type you're not organic right um, 
there's a lot of other like very minute specifications. Plus, you have to bring a individual from the FDA um, who is qualified to judge whether or not your stuff is organic. And so, if you have a small farm, if um, an individual is running like even a mid-level farm that's ran by like the family, they're not going to have the money to label their stuff as organic. Yeah, you know so. Um, especially like you can go to a farmer's market or something else that's kind of like local sourced and Mm -hmm. have a discussion with the vendors. But oftentimes you'll find that you can find stuff almost cheaper. Um, but you do have to use that opportunity cost of making that investigation and being knowledgeable about what you're putting in. I mean, you do have to figure out what's going on, but a lot of times you'll figure out that the practices that these smaller places use are better for either the crops or the animals in the surrounding area mm-hmm. anyway compared to the large-scale organic, in quotation mark, operations. And, yeah, it's like it may be organic as far as organic is a, a term utilized by the FDA, but it's like it's not good for the ecosystem in yeah. some ways. Like they're still like they're still putting all this stuff out here. They're still separating in a large scale, the ecosystem and the plants that you want to eat from the rest of the ecosystem, which is, I mean, that's that's how we get an excess enough to eat anyway and to sell in large sale. So I do understand on these large scale operate, operations that that does have to occur. But for these smaller operations, like they might be doing multi-plant cropping and, you know, crop rotation within the same bed for better permaculture, which is just better for nutrients. So, so like, you know, and people don't think about it. They think, oh, a potato's a potato. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you right now, a potato grown in Idaho and that gray stuff that they call dirt up there that they <laughs> use for monocrop culture, it, like your potato has no nutrients. Yeah, it may yeah. be shaped like a potato and it looks like a potato, but the subnutrients, the quality of the carbohydrates in it, all the cha- – like it's just not as good for you. And so um, – and those plants could still end up qualifying as organic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's where that label – that's where the support local and support the farmer's market. But you do have to do your research because, I mean, some of these guys could just be, you know, just throwing the potatoes out there. It's, you know, sitting in pig shit and it's just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, it's better like inside the potato, but it's covered in like E. coli. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Um, and – kind of going about that more natural derived food source, you know, um, a lot of people have kind of made these claims of, yeah, organic tastes better. Well, there's actually Mm -hmm. some science to back that up. Um, Basically, the thing is, is the more processed something is, the more like you have these industrial uh, versions of agriculture, the less polyphenols will be found in your foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and polyphenols do a lot of different things, but one thing they do is they make your food taste better, smell better. It also is very good for your um, immune system along with like a couple other um, parts of your body. And so getting your stuff organically can help. Now, yeah. there are some like snake oilsy type things out there kind of like natural honey is one of the biggest ones where like local honey farmers will be like uh have this if you have bad seasonal allergies it'll help your allergies there's no science to back that up um and like the idea that you're getting the pollen from the flower is kind of bullshit (laughs) um if you talk to like anyone who knows anything about bees like the bee digests and changes that pollen so much that yeah the markers just aren't the same for your body to like detect right. and for it to act as like a small dose of immunization. Right. Um, it might just be the fact that you're eating better quality food yeah. and that's, you know, helping you yeah. because a lot of your allergies might actually be from 
food quality that you eat, which sets off your immune system, mm -hmm. and then natural just outdoor markers because chances are you're also inside more than you should be. And when yeah. you're eating like that, a lot of times those people, I'd say on a natural scale, tend to be outside more. Mm -hmm. So when you're outside more, like uh, me personally, like I notice my allergies are worse every time. Every year that I'm outside more frequently in the spring, I have less allergies, which when you think about it just shouldn't make sense, mm -hmm. but it does if you know like all the things that we're getting into. Yeah, and you know, when we're talking about probiotics, it's like why do we need to ingest probiotics? It's because we're not eating enough organically sourced uh, materials and like, mm -hmm. everything's kind of in this processed form. That's why whole foods are important. And yeah. like kind of back to the honey thing, it's like one of the reasons why honey is beneficial when you get it locally is because they don't boil it down to – one part honey and like 10 parts high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, they don't boil it down to caro yellow dye and, you know, yeah. some wood smoke or something to make it. It's nature -y, It's outdoorsy. Yeah. Like like when I buy, when you buy the Harris Teeter stock brand, like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm like, it, it looks like honey. <laughs> it tastes like honey, but yeah. it's not honey. Yeah. You know, like. Like that nutrition label. That when it says sugars, all the sugars should be in that <clears throat> sugars portion yeah. of the label, not in that added sugars. Not you know? in that includes <laughs> added, added yeah. sugars. Yeah, it's, yeah like, it's like total sugars, 18 grams. Added sugars, 17. It's like, wait a second. Hang on here. My this honey right. is pretty sweet. <laughs> My honey's starting to taste like Aunt Jemima's syrup. Like, you know, like yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not right. Mm -hmm. And that's like, again, and it's because, and in some regards, I mean, this has to do with the fact that like, as we progress further and further down this pipeline, the FDA basically lawyers up on mm -hmm. what qualifies as a food to have that label on there. And I mean, that's why we saw with the bang, the super creatine, that fake stuff. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Okay. I mean, if you didn't know that super creatine wasn't a thing, <laughs> like, like you were getting gypped. Okay. <laughs> but, but in the case of this, like we're talking like honey, it's down to the lawyer's definition of what honey is. Yeah. So, and it, and it's like the, the Taco Bell and the sawdust in their meat. Case. It's like, what constitutes as ground beef? <laughs> At what point is there too much sawdust? I was like, like, what the fuck are we doing here, yeah. bro? Like, this is, this is unacceptable. Like, at some point, you just got to say, I should probably start going back to locally sourced and like yeah. real food. Like, that's, you know, like, I'd rather that animals that I eat have engaged with nature as opposed yeah. to sit in a box their entire life. And, you know, I mean, it's same with plants. Like hydroponically grown, grown plants, I will say, are a lot better as opposed to like monocrop culture. Mm -hmm. But they're the step between that and normal forestation, forestation and like ecosystem growth. Like as opposed yeah. to, and that's like growing plants together, you know, flipping crops and all yeah. this stuff. I mean, there's a bunch of practices that go into this to get nutrients in your food in the right spot. Yeah, like if you were to go up to a farmer, especially at a farmer's market, and you go so. Do you guys do crop rotation? And they look at you like you're crazy. Um, don't buy those vegetables. You know, crop rotation is so important for revitalizing the soil. Oh God, and it's the nutrients that the plants get from the soil actually helps them convert, you know, into nutrients for your body. Yeah. This is kind of why, like, there's more polyphenols found in organic food is because those organic foods are required to get most of their nutrients from the soil instead of yeah. the crap that we spray on them and we put into the soil synthetically. Yeah, and I mean, this is the case. I mean, we see this case with humans too. If you think about it, it's like, 
like yeah like there's the big there's the big war on fats and i mean there's, that's still kind of going on in some regards but it's like imagine you had a human that was 100% completely devoid of fats in their diet they have proteins they have carbohydrates so they have fuel and they have you know the things that make up their muscular structure yeah. like they should by technicality be able to run I swear to God, they're going to get jaundice or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, they're yeah. not going to be able to break down like a handful of vital nutrients. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get local sources of them, which are found in fatty, you know, materials. But they're technically meeting all the requirements. And this is the same same yeah. thing. It's meeting a technical requirement, but it's because the science just does. Like, there's so many working variables in this science that it's going to take a long time for us to get to a functional understanding of how many of which variables are necessary for something to be what it should be or yeah. do what it should do. Yeah, like especially when you're, you know, we're talking about low fat here. It's like mm -hmm. what's going on? Well, your hormones aren't going to be running correctly. Your brain's going to be slower. Your, you know, testosterone's going to be lower. Yeah. If you're trying to have kids, it's not really going to happen because you're low fat. Like there's a lot of problems here, and it's just the same thing when we start messing around with our food and we're like, eh, what happens if we remove this step? Right. Um a lot of like new evidence shows that the whole gluten allergy that people have, well, we've been subsisting on grain-based products for like centuries. And yeah. it wouldn't make sense how somehow suddenly we start getting this gluten allergy. Yeah, that And a makes... lot of it's showing up as we don't let our bread age long enough. Um, if you look at your grandma's sourdough recipe, that yeast should be effectively, you know, eating away at that gluten for about 24 hours. That's how long you're supposed to let the bread sit, you know, before cutting up, before doing anything else, you know, let it rise 24 hours. That gets rid of almost all the gluten in the bread. It's like some up in the 90% area. Um, furthermore, like when you have more nutritious bread, you know, not this white pasty shit that you get off the shelf. That shoots out in a <laughs> rectangular prism format. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like... These are why, you know, some people have um, autoimmune disorders and other issues. And it doesn't mean that food's the only way you fix this. Yeah. But if you want to go about a way that includes less, like, drugs that aren't necessarily good for you and have side effects, maybe start messing around with your diet. Maybe start looking at what you're putting in your body and figure out where it's coming from. Yeah. And I mean, that's what, like, this is always step one when it comes to figuring your diet out is quality of food versus focusing on quantity of food. A yeah. lot of, I mean, obviously it's easy. You should cut back to your normal rate of bodily subsistence for weight maintenance for calories as far as quantity of food goes. But when you start putting in things like quality of food, if you're trying to lose weight, easy money. Yeah. Easy money on losing weight, especially like, like for me, like if I were to swap my, you know, a lot of my foods for more quality versions of mm -hmm. them, I will start losing weight. It happens every time I do it. And um, it's just better for you to focus on the quality of your food because – I mean, again, the science is not 100% in on a lot of these things, and but we do know that it tends to be the higher quality food has more nutrients, more complex structures in it. And when these things have more complex structures in them, they tend to be a little bit more usable by our body and our body tends to react better to them. Yeah. Um, and especially like on the organic side, you know, it's 
oftentimes going to take your body longer to digest these nutrients. And sometimes that is pretty good for you. You know, it makes you feel more sated when you're talking about caffeine, like natural forms of caffeine are harder for your body to break down than synthetic forms. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can actually like look at this with energy drinks. I know that Red Bull uses synthetic caffeine and most people experience like really high, you know, levels of fatigue after that energy boost. Yeah. Uh, Monster uses a non-synthetic form and i know ghost also uses a non-synthetic form of caffeine and both of those energy drinks do better at kind of not leaving you completely dead after consuming you know a bottle no and i mean you can see this across pre-workout i mean we're a finished channel i mean we haven't sat down and really talked about pre-workout specifically but um i mean a lot of these pre-workouts you get that just everybody knows the buzz the itch the the caffeine rush Mm -hmm. like and this stuff is because it's breaking down so quickly. I mean, there's a reason it comes in a powder. Yeah. And you think that's the natural form of this? This uh, I was like, they're playing alchemy with this shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like add one part, this singularly extracted thing. I was like, these are com- these should be complex structures, and we don't yeah. understand everything about them fully just yet. And so we're playing, like, thinking that we can just put – they're not just Legos. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like put this and this and this together because we need this, this, this. Like, we've isolated that we do need certain things. Mm -hmm. So we just take out everything else because we're not sure about complementary. We don't fully understand complementary. Yeah. We don't fully understand what some of these complementary vitamins, structures, like any of this stuff is doing. Mm -hmm. And so because it's hard to test. It really is. I mean, like – I mean, imagine doing a math equation with 14 different variables, Mm -hmm. two of which you don't know what they do. But if you take them out, it fucks up the equation. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're not sure. but like (laughs) That's the situation we're in, and that's where the science is at. And it's just going to take time for people to work through this and just get through the weeds on this stuff because, I mean, and that's why nutritional science changes every three years. Every four years, it seems like it's just like – all right, guys. Um, war on carbs this time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so it's just, and even like f- for talking about you know just changing like small variables. Like I drink my breakfast these days, and mm-hmm. I do that because it's convenient, because I don't have a kitchen, and because it's kind of cheap to just buy protein powder, buy my you know vitamin supplement, buy my creatine, buy my iodized salt, and buy my like extra virgin olive oil and kind of throw it all into a bottle that's filled with water, shake it up and then boom, I have breakfast, you know, and I also wait an hour after waking up to eat. And so sometimes that puts me in class, you know, Mm -hmm. when I can start eating breakfast. And so I just bring my bottle with me and I drink it. But something that I do recognize is that I get hungry kind of quick. You know, if I eat at like eight 39 o'clock, I'm hungry by 11 you know, ideally that should be pushed back an extra hour, you know, for, for midday. Um, but like I'm eating at 11, 1130 yeah. and some of that might be circadian rhythm, but I honestly believe that some of that is just because I'm drinking instead of eating. Yeah. You know, it's Your easier for already- my body to break it down because it's not in a solid form for it to break down my stomach. Yeah. And I mean, especially in the case of protein powders, I mean, we're talking about 90% of protein powders. Um, at least like the good ones are going to be whey protein, which is the fastest acting protein found in milk, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if it were a casein protein, I mean, you'd probably be full for pretty long. (laughs) Now, granted, which is, you know, it's just one of those, it's weird that 
Like they do make them, right? Because I yeah. mean, casein's the most commonly found protein in milk, as opposed to whey. Whey, whey only constitutes, I believe, like twenty percent of it, and casein's the other eighty. Okay. Um, and casein's slower to break down. Um, but again, that has to do with like how your body functions with it. Apparently, like the way the reason the reason the, God, the, <laughs> the reason, reason the reason that whey is the most common one is because like the. I mean, they got everyone with the metabolic window. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you need fast-acting protein right after you get out of your work. Oh, whey protein, guys. Yep. And it breaks down like 20 minutes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But that's your protein. Like that's the substance of your meal mm-hmm. breaking down in 20 minutes. Like you're going to be hungry. Like me, yeah. I don't – I'm not going to – I cannot drink a shake for a, a meal. Yeah. Because if I – like the thing is I don't eat breakfast. So if I do eat food and it's something like that, it's going to break. I'm going to be more hungry than I would if I didn't eat <laughs> Just because it's, you know, my body's like, hey, like we're introducing food. Um, But I mean, like we look look back in time, like everyone's getting up early. Mm -hmm. You know, you eat breakfast around six because, I mean, you got to get out to work. Yeah. And they're not eating till one. Yeah. Two. Yeah. And then dinner's at eight. You know what I'm saying? Like six and seven hour windows between meals. And, you know, they're not throwing a snack in there, no nothing. And their body works fine. Yeah. You know, and the reason is, is that their food isn't broken down for them yeah. already, you know, and. Yeah, and it's also pretty fatty. And, you know, they're, they're eating eggs, most likely, because chickens lay eggs like crazy. Yeah. You know, if, you know, the closest animal that's got, you know, the reproductive uh, level of a chicken is rabbits. Like, yep. And people, know. people, people aren't big fans on uh, farming rabbits, at least, you <laughs> yeah. know, like. It, it takes a little bit more work than yeah. the egg. I think that rabbits require a lot of space, actually, because of how much they want to move. Well, around. how many times they will reproduce too? Like, <laughs> you'll with, you'll yeah. need enough room for them yeah. frequently. Um, but yeah, like you know, chickens, probably egg, uh, probably some form of ham or pig, yeah. just because pigs don't require a lot of space. You and know? you can and use no. every part of the pig. Yeah. You know, the moment you kill a pig, like you can use every part of it. Yeah. And then like grains. Yeah. You know, um, and full grains too. Yeah. You know, whole grain bread, whole grain, yeah. you know, like morning oats yeah. or something of the, something of this sort, you know, yeah. like if you want to know just how bad we've kind of regressed in our grain products, um, you can actually look at, so there's this thing called penitentiaries in the middle ages. Right. Um, and so the idea of a penitentiary was to offer penance a way for someone to kind of almost atone for their sins. You know, um, and this was especially when like witchcraft um, yeah. and like this focus on like people transgressing against the church was yeah. really starting to pick up uh, in like the 800s. And so part of penance was living on only bread and water. Now, penance was not meant to kill and was not meant to punish, which means that it was conceivable that people were able to live on bread and water alone. For anywhere between 40 days to a year. Yeah. (laughs) You know? You couldn't imagine it now. Yeah. Like... Not on this white bread. Now, I'm sure that these individuals were probably not living their best life. No, no, no. (laughs) It's the Middle Ages. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But especially, like, on just bread. Yeah. But at the same time... They lived. They probably lived or else the punishment would have... Or the penitence would not have been in the same way. Right. Um... And so, like, you know, maybe start learning how to make some of this stuff yourself. You know, yeah. um, bread is not as hard 
to make as you think it would be. It's actually pretty laid back. Uh, I mean, if you yeah. got a good yeast yeah. rolling, you can pour off some of it. Like you, you can have like a really long running yeast. I know yeah. some people have heirloom yeast <laughs> for their family. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they just got their, they just got it rolling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and like, it's also one of those things where it just, it's a thing for you to do during your day. And also something that helps you learn what you're putting in your body. Mm -hmm. Like personally, I don't eat sweets unless I bake them. Yeah. Now, when I'm in college and I don't have a kitchen, that rule's kind of changed. But the moment I get a kitchen back, that, that rule's coming back into full effect. Right. And part of that is so that I can maintain and make sure that the quality of what I'm putting in is as high as possible for right. something that's and going it, to be, like, not healthy. But even then, like, I mean, compared to, like, what you could get at any fast food restaurant. Yeah. At, at, even in the dessert aisle, you know, yeah. the moment you walk yeah. down the crackers aisle, you see the Oreos yeah. and all these cookies, you know what I mean? Like read the list of ingredients on those mm. things. And the moment that you don't know how to read it, <laughs> and I know that this is like cliche, yeah. the moment you don't know how to read it, look it up. Yeah. Look it up what it does. Mm. The moment you see cotton seed oil on there, yeah. you know, you know, you just start, hey, what is that? Yeah. I don't even know what cotton seed is. Yeah. Or like you just if you just start through that process, you'll start running. And then I mean, it'll literally take you five days and you'll be more knowledgeable on food than ninety percent yeah. of the people you interact with. Yeah. Like this is one of those things like most people do not know what they put in their body. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a big part. And it's a big reason why a lot of people have a hard time getting fit is because they just don't know what they're putting in them. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, it's just, it's just McDonald's. It's like, eh, it yeah, breaks down yeah, quick. Yeah. Yeah. It is just McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is a thousand calories at home mm-hmm. goes eight hours. A thousand yeah. calories from McDonald's lasts an hour and a half. Yeah. Because I'm just hungry again, bro. Yeah. Like when we talk about processed, right? Your body processes food. Your stomach processes food. When we do that outside of our body and we process foods, it makes it quicker to burn and it makes it easier to overeat. You know, it's like if I make lemon bars at my house, I eat two or three lemon bars and I'm full. I'm not sated. I am full. And that's because I throw a shit ton of eggs in there. There's lemon juice, which makes it sour and I also add sugar, which makes it sweet, but that kind of flavor consistency makes it more of a, like, I like the flavor, but it's not something that I can eat a lot of, right? It's that tangy sweetness that kind of tells your body, okay, these aren't binge eating (laughs) worthy, you know? And then, like, there's a lot in it. So while it might be a bit more calorically dense than an Oreo, at the same time, I'm not tempted to sit down and eat the entire thing of Oreos in the span of an hour. I couldn't do that. I'd be sick to my stomach. Um, And so, like, not only is making something yourself beneficial in the terms of, you know, understanding what you're putting in it, but also it's usually going to make it more likely to be satiating and it's more enjoyable i mean like like let's not forget the part where it's just more enjoyable experience right you'll feel a little bit you'll feel more accomplished eating it you know you're not going to feel disgusted in yourself eating yeah unless uh, again you overeat on it anyway but my thing back to that calories and that processing outside you know when i go to mcdonald's right i I i'm going to be 100 percent transparent right here I probably end up eating about 2,000 calories. Oh, yeah. Like, no joke. And, and this is like, like I'll get like, you know, 
four McChickens, two McDoubles, and like a large drink or something like that. You know, and I, yeah. I mean, everyone's like, oh my God, that's a lot of food. Yeah, it is a lot of food. It's like, what? Tw- I think if you do all the math, it's like 2,100, 2,400 calories, something in there. Yeah. I could not eat that in one meal at home if I made that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, steak, potatoes, you know, maybe even green beans or something like that. Like, just a normal run of the meal, like, like good quality homemade meal. I could not eat 21 to 2,400 calories. I just couldn't do it. And the thing is, if I ate like that, I would go to bed immediately if I ate that at home. The volume of the food, the – and on top of that, like – it's a lot it's a lot of food it's hard for your body to break down and i mean we know the thermic values yeah. on these you know unprocessed foods is way higher i mean even in the carbs category yeah. than the stuff you get like i mean shit you almost get meat at some of these fast food restaurants as the thermic value of of you of know, carb of of a carb of yeah. bread yeah. you know like because it's just it's pulverized it's you know it's not really all beef <laughs> again yeah. and so i mean you just it's just shit you deal with and so you got to be conscientious of this food and i mean tying all this back again to the synthetic and organic yeah. i mean like yeah it's better for the organic but the organic a little bit again you got to be wary of that too because mm-hmm. a lot of times i would consider that almost like snake oil yeah. A lot of times it tries to be this healthy alternative, but it still comes wrapped in single use plastic. Yep. And so it's just covered in all these, you know, microplastics and stuff like this. It's still cooked in the same yeah. oils as the other stuff. So they don't really cut out everything, but they yeah. do get that organic label on there. And so it, for a lot of people, I mean, this can be really detrimental because it's like, I don't really have the time to focus so solely on what I'm eating. Um, and, you know, the food industry isn't doing a whole lot to get you there, which is why you got to learn about it yourself. Yeah. I mean, uh, like organic is a good, like almost like a heuristic. It, it's yeah. a thing to be like, okay, this is probably better for me than non-organic foods. But even like part of organic is they have to be pasture uh, raised. They have to be, you know, grass fed. Well, actually they have to kind of be pasture raised and kind and of be sort of grass fed because what happens is, is especially when you have farms up in the North, you know, the sun's not out all the time, and it gets no. kind of cold, so the, yeah. the animals have to go inside. The animals yeah. have to have a shelter, and the animals have to eat some other than grass because grass doesn't live forever. So it's grain-fed, grass-finished. You see grass <laughs> yeah. finished all the time, but like that means the last week of its life it was eating like a pimp is what it was doing, <laughs> and then the rest of its life it was yeah. eating like a pauper from the Middle Ages. You yeah. know, like you know, just putting down the grains, and that's it, nothing else. And, you know, the, I mean – Another thing is you should care about how how the animals are raised, mm-hmm. how, the animals you're the how well the animals that you are, you know, eating, how well they were living at all yeah. and what they were eating the quality of their food because I mean their food and what they intake directly yeah. relates to how it affects your body. Like if you think that, um, you know, any form of these bad, you know, bad fats that they can get in them and into their meat like is just going to somehow disappear yeah. by the time it gets to your plate because they were grass finished. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, that's, that's the circle of life. And it's like, we've got to treat all these things well. And the first step is knowing what's right. You yeah. know, like, like it's a lot harder to get lean meat out of an animal that's been standing in a stall for its whole life. You know? Yeah. With infinite access to yeah. just straight grain. Yeah. It's, it's all, like, what else is it going to do? Yeah. You yeah. Know? Eat, like, 
when you go out and you see these cows walking around grazing on grass, you know, that's what they're supposed to be doing, A, and B, they're going to have leaner meat. Yeah. The, their muscle uh, is also getting used, is which getting is used, good. Which is going to actually develop that muscle protein and actually make it better for you. Yeah. Um, you know, the object at rest tends to stay at rest. Well, yeah. if that object's been resting for a while, you probably don't want to eat it. Yeah. Um, and so, like, just be mindful of the food you put in your body. Yeah. And be, I mean, I mean, it's a step towards caring for the animals, too. Yeah. Is, you know, like, not so. I mean, I'm not saying directly like not support these companies, but it's one of those things like the people that are going out and making these things happen and making products like this available because they are becoming more available. And a lot of people are putting a lot of money in this is a good tendency and a good trend for things outside of your fitness, your health. It's, it's good for the planet in Mm -hmm. a general sense. Like it's good for us to take care of our animals. It's good for us to take care of our plants. Like it's just, it's all part of the same thing. So yeah. I know this episode is a little bit, a little bit different than uh, our normal spiel, but uh, yeah. but it's yeah. still an important part of fitness. Yeah. You know? um, so like, don't just cut off certain episodes because they aren't about being in the gym. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that go into fitness. I mean, there's a lot of shoulds, right? Yeah. I mean, um, definitely. There, there's about a million shoulds, but we only have 24 hours in the day. Yeah. And one of those shoulds is I should have eight to nine hours of sleep at night. Yes. So I'm already getting, you know, a third of my day cut off from one should. Yeah. So how many more can I take? Yeah. Uh, But it's good to be mindful of everything out there. And it's good to have a basic understanding of most things, especially when it comes to what you're putting in your body. Right. And I mean, this is mindfulness. Again, when we say the mindfulness game in the gym, it's going to transfer here Mm -hmm. you're going to start being more mindful of your food which in turn is going to make you more mindful about your relationships more mindful about your career more mindful about what you do anywhere in the the more mindful you are about anything makes you more mindful about everything and so it's really important because i mean this affects you it affects the people around you yeah because you know you being more mindful and more careful and you know in any way shape or form directly affects your relationship with people, which people notice. They really do. They notice that you're more attentive. You listen better, you know, or, you know, you're willing to do more for for them, you know, without being asked. Like in the case of, you know, elderly, that's that's a great thing. And it's always always good to develop those skills. Yeah. And if you don't think that you have the time to constantly like look for the right meats or look for the right vegetables, you know, there's subscription-based services out there that only require you to do the investigation once. You know, there's groups like Good Ranchers. There's another one that's I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But, you know, if you go out online and you just look you'll up meat subscriptions, you'll find them. They and, might be expensive too. I yeah, mean, but it's like, one of those things. I mean, they're oftentimes a bit more reasonably priced because part of their business model is you coming in for a subscription, which means constant buying of their meats and if you are a constant consumer and they can count on you they'll usually give you a bit of a discount yeah on whatever you're buying um and so like these things not only help you save a little bit of money but also make it so that you don't have to worry about every week when you go buy produce i gotta find the right meat it's i hit this box i check you know deliver every two three weeks and then all of a sudden i get my meat delivered to me at the door and i am confident that this is the correct meat yeah we live in america they can't lie Right. <laughs> about their stuff. Yeah. 
And I mean, you cut out the middleman too, yeah. which is one big thing about buying these things in stores. Like it's like, all right, I got to go down to Whole Foods to <laughs> yeah. to find this product I need. And everybody knows what Whole Foods does with does with their products, and that's market up. Yeah. All right, it's I mean, you know, and that's how it is. So you're cutting out the middleman, buying directly from the source, uh, buying from a distributor that works really close with these local places, and you know, and that's good. It's good. It's good for business. It's good for changing the industry to say, hey, like. This should be more standard. Yeah. And I mean, that's the way that things change. And yeah. and if we're wanting health to be a little bit more of the forefront for the future, that's that's what's got to happen. So, yeah. yeah. And I hope you guys gained a whole lot from this episode. I know uh, some of it sounded like us ranting, but uh, it's good for us to do that every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we'll catch you guys next time. All right. See you.